This episode is brought to you by DorksideToys.com. For the latest Star Wars action figures, Marvel, G.I. Joe, and more, visit DorksideToys.com. A small rebel force has penetrated the shield and landed on Endor. This is where the fun begins. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. This is Rebel Force Radio. Your source for the Force. Star Wars news and commentary. With Jason Swank and Jimmy Mack. I've seen Star Wars 500 times. Star Wars number one. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. I suggest we use it. Now it's time for Rebel Force Radio. We would be honored if you would join us. All right, and welcome to Rebel Force Radio for Friday, December 13th, 2013. We're here in uh, Chicago, the Chicago Annex. That's uh, the homeland for Rebel Force Radio this week. Jason Swank joining us via Skype. Jason? Yeah, via Skype over 3G as my uh, internet connection here in the Playshow Rebel Force Radio studios has uh, has gone out. It has failed me, but nonetheless, I'm uh, making do with uh, the crude tools that I have to at least uh, join you guys for a little bit. And I say guys because uh, we're not alone. You're not alone, I should say, Jim. No, we have fellow Chicagoan filmmaker. You know him from The Force Among Us and the follow-up film, The Force Within Us, Chris Mocked. What's up, Chris? Hey, hey, hey. I think the reason why we're having these technical difficulties maybe is because we're doing a show for Friday the 13th in the year 2013. Oh. oh. I think you're onto something. Friday the 13th. You're onto something. Friday the 13th of the year 2013. And we can't let the show go on any longer without me saying happy birthday to my little man, Dylan McInerney, who is turning 11 years old today. He was born on Friday the 13th in the year 2002. And uh, which Star Wars fans fondly remember is the year of Attack of the Clones. Uh, yes. Uh, is- yes. Uh, so um, his birthday, so he's a Friday the 13th. My brother is a Friday the 13th, baby. Uh, he lives up to it. Trust me, he does. Uh, <laughs> does Dylan, is, is he, uh, has he got that um, creepy vibe or anything? What's, <laughs> has he got any, any remnants of that Friday the 13th beginning? Not a creepy vibe, but he definitely keeps us on our toes at all times. Yeah. Yeah. So he's unpredictable, that's for sure. Did you guys shortchange him because it was it's so close to Christmas? You're like, here's your birthday and your Christmas gift. No, that's a whole can of worms. You don't want to <laughs> open when it comes to Dylan. But I'll tell you what, with him being the baby of the family, he is spoiled year-round. So I don't know. I think you're onto something, Chris. I think, he, I think that's an admission. I think you do. I think you do pull that card. Well, it's so close to Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am going to... Uh, you're going to plead the fifth on this, yeah, aren't you? Yeah, I'm going to just say no yeah. comment. Well, so yes, I'm at a bit of a disadvantage, so um, well, I will, I will try to uh, not get in your way. I don't even have show notes. Uh, and as, as regular listeners know, uh, I do require something in front of me to read. It's the only way I can do the show. So this ought to be interesting. Now, listen, listen, we've been esteemed members of the Star Wars media community for several years now. Should just be able to put a microphone or, a, in this case, a, an iPhone in front of your mouth, and you should be able to carry on with Star Wars conversation until the cows come home. Just wind me up. Just wind me up, and I go. It kind of, you know, you, you can always think of Luke in the trench, the trench run, you know, when he has to yeah. turn off his targeting computer. Yeah, that's you, know? you man. Feel it the is force. Me. Feel the force. Yeah. All right. 
Speaking of the force, let's talk a little bit about the force among us and the force within us. Two great Star Wars films directed by our friend Chris Mock. Chris, we've known you for years. We've shared this journey of Star Wars fandom together as buddies. And you find a way to capsulize it and put it into film form and say, this is an expression of my fandom. So The Force Within Us is available now for holiday gifts. Yes, it is. Where can people get it? Uh, TheForceAmongUs.com, the uh, original website of the, uh, the first documentary. And we are doing a buy one, get one on the merchandise. And uh, just for the Rebel Force listeners... Uh, I will throw in two vials. You'll get the dirt and the sand. <laughs> and actually, uh, the people that bought it during Black Friday, they only got one vial and they got a, a free Tuscan Ewok poster. So um, I'm going to make that available uh, until Well, how do, they, how do they identify themselves as a Rebel Force radio listener when they – I want, I want to make sure we're getting credit. That's what I'm going to say. You know, I would have to say that uh, – Or blame, whichever comes for you. Because every time, every time I'm on your show, I always – get people over to the website they purchase the dvd they tell me that they heard about me on your wonderful show and um i'll just i'll know that way because it'd be very random if somebody just bought it without hearing you're, it. so, on the so show what you're week. saying is every time you're on rebel force radio uh you get orders for the movie people tell you hey, I, I i heard about this on rebel force radio and so where are the commission checks they're, they're in the mail. Yeah. They're in the mail. All right. I'll tell you what, just to get a complimentary DVD of the film, which, by the way, me and my family are actually in, just to get a, a comp DVD was like pulling teeth. Chris? This time, because there was only 1,000 made. Yeah. And actually, right. we, we sold over 800, and Jason, I will send you, I promise, I will send, because I, I send you a Dropbox version, but I will send you... Uh, oh, I thought that's how, I thought that's how you... How you how you got the film? Did, you mean it, it, not everybody got the Dropbox version? No, that was you, just for me, just for you. <laughs> <laughs> the truth is out. But I will send you a Blu-ray version. I will send you a special Blu-ray this version. This thing's on Blu-ray. No, no, it's not. Um, it's not on Blu-ray. But uh, special people get the Blu-ray edition. So I will make sure that uh, I send one out to you oh. with Paul Bateman's awesome design. Uh, he designed the artwork, the front and the back, the whole shebang. Uh-oh. I will. I will make sure that's included for you as well. So, the, so, so the Blu-ray edition is uh, is like a VIP kind of thing. Yes, yes. We actually oh, press nice. those. We actually press those in the editing suite. You know, oh, literally one yeah. by one. Oh wow, wow. Oh, excellent. Well, I'm I'm very honored. It is a great film, and I watched it on Dropbox, and it looks pretty good. If it looks this good on Dropbox, it's going to look fantastic uh, on the Blu-ray. Can't wait. Yeah, we shot we shot it uh, we shot it in HD, and uh, I was telling you guys long time ago that you know everybody wants to know how can they get the first film they can't find it anywhere except for amazon has it for like two hundred dollars and do not pay that kind of price and that is not my um what do you call it my my side account me charging that oh yeah you're not (laughs) cleaning out the crawl space you're not bootlegging your own stuff no no and uh we are re-releasing the film as a director's cut as oh a, boy that guy will be pissed on amazon yeah he will be <laughs> he will be so do not pay um you know do not pay ridiculous the amount uh a ridiculous amount for that we will be re-releasing it and a uh, little spoiler alert uh jimmy mack who had met me when we were kind of wrapping up the force among us he uh he kind of met us when 
you know, we had no time to film anybody else. So Jimmy should have always been in the first documentary. Yeah, but you're like, I got no time for you. No, uh, actually, Frank was like, no, no, we, we'll be filming for the next year if we keep this up. Yeah, yeah. As soon as this guy starts talking, <laughs> never filming shuts for the next up. Year. <laughs> he never shuts up. So there's some really good interview stuff with Jimmy in the uh, in the studio that we didn't use because uh, oh. we used a lot of the home stuff, and um, we're going to be putting that in the Force Among Us. So Jimmy will technically be in both documentaries. Dude, you, you, dude, you're you're like uh, you're like Ian McDiarmid now of the Chris Mark film. Oh, right. they're, they're reinserting you. So, so who's the uh, the chick with the monkey eyes that you're replacing? We we are taking some people out to make room for Jimmy. Chick uh, with the monkey eyes? The chi- <laughs> <laughs> Not the chick with the monkey eyes. And uh, I I really don't want to give too much hey, Chris, away. So, like, right. okay, we've talked about your films for years now, but. Just in case someone is is just getting on board with Rebel Force Radio and the force within us on this very show, how can you just simply sum up what your films are all about? The films are, the first one is a Hallmark card to Star Wars fans. It really celebrates the diversity of the fan. You know, the collector, the the location, uh, world traveler, um, the guy in the in the costumes, uh, the people that share with their kids, et cetera, et cetera. The second one is a uh, it's a personal journey. It's kind of like a bio biopic about how Star Wars has influenced and has changed my life. But not only my life, but Jimmy's as well. Uh, we interview Paul Bateman, uh, Stephen Sansweet, Jeremy Bullock, Robert Watts, Ashley Eckstein. And we kind of show that everybody has really, you know, all these people that we talk to have had the same journey as I have, you know. No, no, no. I I think um, I think I'm in this, right? Like you you can see me. I'm like the size of a postage stamp uh, in the background as they as you show Jimmy uh, at the controls. Uh, in the uh, in the in the Rebel Force Radio Annex Studios, right? Yes, yes, and you know I. Tried... Or did you cut that part out? No, no, we did not cut that part out. And actually, you're in it um, at the at the uh, the party. You know, that, that that would have been the the party that you guys had. That's right. Okay. You're, All right. You're right. In... I don't feel I don't feel too bad then. You're in there. You know. <laughs> I, 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 I tried to interview you, but it was just so hard. I didn't. I didn't feel. I was sitting film out in Ohio for this one, like I did the first one, and. You know, we just never had the opportunity to actually sit down and, and, and chat it up with you. Well, you had a chance. You know, it was either Ohio, Canton, Ohio, or, you know, the Redwood Forest. And I, I, I understand why. So, I you know, the I mean, there, there's a lot of different things that can be said about Star Wars, Star Wars fandom in general, and Star Wars fans in general. And a lot of people have attempted to get messages across about what fandom means to them. But, Chris, your two films, The Force Among Us, The Force Within Us, both really come directly from your heart. And I really just, like, feel nothing but pure love for Star Wars when I watch these films. And that's something that I think might just give it the edge over a lot of different mediums where people try to express what fandom means on a universal scale. And so I, I think you've succeeded in that. To a, to a degree, and, and I, I can feel the purity coming off of the screen of the purity of your fandom, 
where it's just it's just all about love for Star Wars. And that's what I think is kind of an important message for Star Wars fans to be reminded about themselves and just be reminded about this cool thing that we contribute to on a weekly basis or a daily basis is is our own personal Star Wars fandom. I think that's why the films uh, have been, the, the documentaries that I made have been uh, so highly praised and, and, and loved is because the passion that I have for Star Wars. You could say everybody loves Star Wars, but the, the force among us and the force within us, we really talk to the special, hardcore Star Wars fanatics, you know, and, and really celebrate them. We don't exploit any of them. And, and I think the reason why... These documentaries work, and, and some others maybe not are not so memorable. Is because the passion that I have. If I was not a fan, if I was not passionate about Star Wars, I, I don't believe these films would be you know what they what they really are. Like and it's it, it's a message that's that's spoken with the banner of diversity too, which makes it appealing on a universal level because Star Wars fans come in all shapes, sizes, colors, creeds, you name it. So, great Christmas gift too. Hey, you know, I was thinking about a marketing thing for you. The, the Blackhawks did this recently. Chicago Blackhawks, world champion, Stanley Cup winners. I had the opportunity to work uh, to, to, to work for the Stanley Cup this summer, too, with, with Ian. It was, it was a wonderful experience. Well, what they did at the end of the season was they melted the rink, the ice rink that the Hawks skate on, at the United Center. And so this is the... the the rink where the world championship team skated throughout the entire season, and they melted it down and sold the water from the ice. In, <laughs> you know where I'm going with, right, Jason? They oh, sold yeah. the water in these collectible vials that came in nice display cases, $100 or whatever they sold this water for. And I was thinking to myself, you know what? I wonder if Crystal has any of that snow left over from his trip to the Hoth Glacier up in Norway. Out of all the filming locations that I went to and that we feature in the documentaries, I never brought back snow. I never brought back snow. No, you know, there's something about sand, dirt, and then liquid, you know. It's just not, it's not the same. I did bring some rocks home from the glacier, you know, um, but I didn't bring home any snow. No snow. No, not not even yellow snow. No, was it? Was did you see any Don't yellow the snow yellow. out there? At all? No. I made some yellow snow out there. At all. <laughs> Stay away from the Tauntaun this stables. Where, this is where Kirshner relieved himself. <laughs> oh. it, it, isn't that what? Didn't Frank Zappa have the song "Don't Eat the Yellow Snow"? Yes, he yeah. did. Yes, he did. <laughs> Maybe we'll have to Star Wars up a version of that song for uh, right. Don't eat you know. Kirsch's yellow snow. <laughs> Watch out where the huskies go! Don't you eat that yellow snow? It's like wampas were around here recently, I think. <laughs> yeah, it would be a lot of yellow snow. Like Wampa pee. So, hey, speaking of snow, snow makes you think of Christmas. We are celebrating Christmas here on Rebel Force Radio with Star Wars rock band Psy Fried and Star Wars Christmas.
So, Jason, in honor of the holidays, yes. we received a little uh, present from a Rebel Force Radio listener who has taken the role of Santa Claus, and he sent us both a gift. Uh, do you have oh. the note there with you and the gift? Uh, well, I have the envelope. Hold on, let me grab it. I've got the envelope right here. It says, uh, open on air. That was me saying that. That was you saying, oh, yeah. okay, so... so you want me to open this now? Yeah, well, I'll or tell you what. Air? Oh, you haven't even opened the envelope yet. I've not even opened the envelope, no. Oh, go ahead. Crack that open. All right. And uh, in it, you'll find a gift from Chris Amorim. And Chris does a lot of great artwork that you see on our official Facebook page. He has been sending me so much Rebel Force Radio-inspired artwork that yeah. I've just been overwhelmed by the sheer creativity and quality of this work. So you'll be seeing that stuff popping up as banners on the Rebel Force Radio Facebook page. And I'm planning on putting together a nice gallery of a lot of the custom artwork he's done for our show. And you'll be able to find that gallery at shotglassdigital.com. And that'll be happening in the next week or two whenever I get the time to actually compile all of his work because like i said it's been so much it's been overwhelming but chris was nice enough to send us packages and uh-huh. and in these packages there are wrapped gifts one for me one for you jason jason can it's you describe star wars yours? wrapping paper star wars that. wrapping paper mine resembles a marvel comics cover yeah. yep and i'm thinking it was uh one of the annuals yeah, with, with Darth like, yeah. Vader. Darth Vader prominently yeah, Vader's featured. on mine here. All yeah, right. So we very similar. Oh, so it's not wrapping paper. This is maybe a, a comic book cover? Uh, I think, uh, gosh, I don't know where he got this paper. I've from. never it's seen fantastic. wrapping paper. I've never seen like that I would before, say this no. is like, you remember the, uh, in the days when you used to have to get book covers in school? There's like um Oh, yeah, when you used to make the big book covers. Oh, God, I, always, I mess that up every time. <laughs> When you'd have to fold it a certain yeah. way, and then it would wrap into the thing, and it, oh god, what a you nightmare. close the book, it tears right off. Hey, and guess what? I'm also terrible at wrapping Christmas gifts too. So uh, the 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 beat I'm goes on. I'm like I'm like friggin' Martha Stewart on the Christmas gifts. I'm I'm pretty good. I can I, do I can see so myself. You see that? Yeah, I can see that. So, yeah. um, did you get a right. note from Chris? Would you? I did. You want to read that for our listeners? I'd love to. All right. So you got the same note? Yeah. I, well, I think. I don't know. I didn't open your, your package. Well, right. Okay. Yeah, don't open my package. All right. Dear Jason and Jimmy, thank you so much for providing an environment for all fans to be a part of that galaxy far, far away. The roots of RFR is a hero's journey itself. I began following the Force.net during the release of the Star Wars prequels and then started following your podcast at the point just prior to the Clone Wars. Ever since, I have enjoyed each and every show you have done, whether it be your weekly show to no fan left behind convention coverage and everything in between. Your show has become my comfort food in the Star Wars universe. You are appreciated by so many across the globe. And on behalf of all, I would like to congratulate you on the completion of your first year as Rebel Force Radio. How nice of him to have remembered that. That's, that's very kind. That is great. Um, over the past few years, it has become a tradition to wrap Christmas presents while listening to your holiday special. For all the years of entertainment you have provided, I would like to present you each with a custom gift provided within. Jason, don't worry. They aren't illegal yet. Oh, boy, now I'm scared. Um, Aren't illegal yet. They aren't illegal yet. I wish you the best of fortune in the years to come, both with the shows and in your personal lives. Your friend in the force, Chris Amarim. Well, that's very nice. Let me see what uh, contraband he sent All right, shall we open it? Are you ready on the count of three? All right, we're opening. One, two, three. Go ahead. 
Oh no! This is, uh, the first Christmas gift of the year. Oh, what the? Now this is cool. What in the this world? is cool. Do you see this? <gasps> oh my God! Rebel Force Radio playing cards. Oh sweet! Holy cow! <laughs> Holy cow! Holy cap- crap! I can't believe this. These are legitimate playing cards, a deck of 52, and it's got the Rebel Force logo. I'm so excited I can't even speak. You can't even open the shrink wrap. (laughs) Well, shrink wrap's always been a challenge for me. But um, it's got the... (laughs) It's uh, like wrapping gifts. That's right. (laughs) All right. I'm trying to... Boy, these are are well wrapped. You got to use your teeth, man. Use your teeth. Look at this. (laughs) Look at this. You see this? So every one of these cards... um, has a different uh, Clone Wars image on it, um, different Clone Wars characters. Uh, I'm just, just re- flipping through here. Um, appropriately, Jimmy Mac and yours truly, we are the Jokers in the deck, which I <laughs> appreciate that very much. But, uh, oh, see, you see, okay, Chris has done so much great cover art for us um, over the years. So some of this is... Uh, is reproductions of that, um, but here's Yoda, and of course the droids, and Kit Fisto, uh, Plo Koon here is the Two of Hearts, Quinlan Voss, Two of Clubs, oh, oh Tara Sanube, one of my all-time favorites, Cad Bane. Um, Dengar, Dengar. Embo, Dengar, well, the, is, now there's Gorga, let's see, Zero Jim, Four of Clubs, there's your boy. <laughs> Hello there. Uh, yo, yes. Uh, Deal me Black. in. Uh, this is this, this is, is unbelievable! Wow, this is so a, cool. A wolf pack card. There's um. Oh, I didn't see the wolf pack card. Yeah, it, the wolf pack card is uh, uh the king. The king is uh the wolf pack. Uh, uh, that's all Rebel Force Radio inspired artwork. One is uh, uh, Papanoida cool. sitting there looking at a holographic display of the artwork Dave Filoni created for us, um, of you and me with the cardboard box. Yeah, <laughs> and then um, then another one is yeah. Anakin and Obi Wan looking at a holographic image of the Rebel Force Radio logo. Another one is Palpatine applying Force lightning to the Rebel Force Radio logo. And then the last king, the King of Diamonds, is a tribute to the Wolf Pack. And this is all custom art done by Chris. And it That's is beautiful amazing. artwork. It's absolutely beautiful, beautiful. Artwork. really well done. The, so all, really all the Ace cards have the Rebel Force. Logo one, yeah. Yeah, every card does on the back. You know, yeah, high quality game. cards, man. You know, you could win some money playing these uh, oh, no. cards. You know, <laughs> I'm never gonna play them. These are all going into like um, trading card sheets. I'm gonna save these forever. So really nice. Yeah, those think, are those are really cool. I, I, really cool. That's My the, the nicest thing. What a nice gift. Unbelievable, unbelievable! What a great way to kick off the holiday season. That's actually the the first holiday gift I've received and opened. Well, I actually have a. I don't know if this is the right time or the wrong time, but I have a gift Not, for you. Give me it. Give me. <laughs> no, give me. Of course he does. Give me. Okay, so this is great. This is from Chris Mocked. It's you know the playing cards is a tough act to follow. <laughs> so uh, you're just jumping head first in. And... Should I save the paper for later usage? <laughs> doesn't it drive you, you nuts? You can go green. You can go green. <laughs> doesn't it drive you nuts when people like you know take their time? Yeah, it takes oh, my this is great. Thirty-five minutes to open up a present. Oh, dude! Just, now you I don't have that one. I don't have it. It's a uh, a Hallmark Star Wars ornament. 
Star Wars A New Hope Theater One Sheet Special Lighting Effect. This will oh. go on the Star Wars Christmas tree for sure, Chris. You, you. Hey, you're welcome, man. Thank Merry so Christmas, much. man. Yes, hey, thank you. You know, when, uh, I, when I was over here last year, I... You guys or something over there? What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> the mistletoe hung there in the Jimmy <laughs> studio. Um, so, Jim, I, t- you, you mentioned your Star Wars tree. Tell us a little bit about that. Some listeners may not know exactly what that is. Well, we set up our traditional Christmas tree with all the ornaments from years and years of family. And um, we also have a, a Christmas tree in front of the house that features Wendy's collection of Wallace sleigh bells. Each one of the bells represents a year of being married to me. Somehow, for some reason, Wendy wants to shine a spotlight on that during the holiday season. Okay. God bless Only, only during the holiday season. <laughs> what, is, what is on what, what are each one of these bells? What is, each, each bell is different, like it has a different tone. Based oh, no, on no, 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 no. Year or a bad year? No, they're they're highly collectible. Um, uh-huh. Highly uh, collectible. Silver, yes, silver sleigh bells that um, that Wendy has been collecting over the years. You can pick them up at Macy's and uh, places uh-huh. like that. Okay. But, uh, so is like the year on them, and it's like yes, yes. Okay. Yeah, every year you. is right. a, so a new one comes out every year. Do you buy these for her? Does the poor thing have to buy them herself? No, I buy them for oh, you. Her. Buy one for her. Yes, I do. Tradition. Yes, I do. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> so <laughs> Jimmy going to Macy's to buy his bell. Well, I hey, listen, that. you know I'm easy to shop for. Give me a Star Wars something, and I'll be happy, very happy. You know what? Here's the thing, though. Here's the problem with that, and I'll bet you hear this. Usually, you hear this like from uh, your your mom or uh, or, or in, in my case, my wife. I don't know what you have. You have everything. Well, you know, just try me. Just try me. <laughs> Chances are, even if I have it, I'll still keep it. I might want more than one. They think we have everything because we have so much. Yeah, you you need one. You know, you have to have an opener. Yeah. And then one you leave sealed in mint condition. But there's so much good stuff out there that we don't have just because it's so hard to keep up with everything, you know? It's very hard to keep up with stuff. But, uh, Chris, you probably run into that problem, too. I mean, my God, you're making movies about Star Wars. They really think you've got everything. You know, I actually gave my wife – I might be hitting close to 40, but I actually gave my wife a Christmas list. (laughs) Oh, you did. I, yeah, I said, look, these are the Star Wars items that I that I want. These are the ones that I don't have. And then today she's like, I got a question about this. She's like, I looked online and I, I look it up and is it Series 1? Is it Series 2? She's like, you got to be specific with this stuff. Oh, you know? oh. oh, you know what? When my wife starts talking about waves of action figures, I'm just like, oh, honey, just talk more slowly. I know, I know. It's the greatest one. Yeah, it was. Say it was, again, Wave Two, Black Series. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The most romantic, uh, the most romantic <laughs> night of the year was when Wendy uh, said Mission Series to me, and I said, Mission I said Mission What? <laughs> and then the next thing you know, it was it was Mission. Right. Yeah, all right. Hey, well, I, I did open. I just opened this uh, this ornament from Chris, and it's really cool. It's the the classic Tom Young poster art. Yeah, yeah. For the original Star it's, Wars. It's release. the one sheet, I believe. Yeah, yeah. yeah the one. You know, sheet. when I was over here last year, I thought you actually had a like a big Star Wars themed Christmas tree. You know, I, well, okay. So I was getting there. Okay. And so our third tree is in the kitchen, typically, and that is covered in Star Wars ornaments. And so it's always easy for me every year to uh, just when, you know, you get those gift requests from family and all you do all year long is think of things that you want for Christmas. And then when you finally get put on the, you know, the pressures on you to find out what do you want for Christmas? 
Um, well, I, I, I wear hoodies a lot. You know, it's, 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 like, it's, oh. like, uh, it's like the Christmas story. Uh, I want yeah. a football. Yeah. <laughs> a football? Yeah, right. So, yeah. yeah so, Sneaker you know, toys. But with, um, you know, with uh, some certain, like, you know, definitely with my sister-in-law, I always just say, you know what, those, I like those Harlem, Harlem, those Hallmark ornaments. Those are really cool. And uh, so um, I've just been collecting those over the years and putting them up on the tree. I got the R2-D2 lights. Um, and it's just, you know, fun. It's fun to have a Star Wars Christmas tree I, because I've always associated Star Wars with Christmas because of getting the the presents as a kid. Getting the Millennium Falcon on Christmas, you know, the, the vintage action figures, the do-back. As a matter of fact, there is a photograph of me in The Force Within Us, a young Jimmy Mack ho- holding my freshly opened do-back on Christmas Day. By the Christmas tree. Oh. By the <laughs> Christmas tree at my parents' house where I'll be going to cr- for Christmas this year, and I'll be thinking of that do-back. <laughs> I still have that do-back in wow. my collection. Okay, so when I think of Jimmy Mack opening up Christmas presents, Star Wars Christmas presents, I think about the heartwarming story you told us last year. And, and if, if we could just gather around the fire here, Jim, could, could, you, could you retell the, the classic Jimmy Mack story when all you wanted was the original soundtrack, the, the, the big double vinyl uh, soundtrack to Episode Four: New Hope? That was all you wanted for Christmas that year, right? Christmas 77. There wasn't that much Star Wars merch on the shelves at that time. We had the famous empty box with no action figures, but, you know, the uh, display stand. And there was some T-shirts and posters and what have you. But um, I knew that I wanted the John Williams soundtrack, the double album. Classic. And um, I still have mine. And, uh, and I asked for it for Christmas. And... My parents gave me this album. It had the Star Wars logo on it. Now, you had to have, you know, you couldn't really disguise back in the day. It's like wrapping a baseball bat. You knew when you wrapped a, 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 an album what it was, right? So you, you, you get this in your little hands, and you're like, this is it, right? Yes. Yeah. It, 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 it feels like a record album. It's shaped like a record album. It's the size of a record album. This is it. Absolutely. And when I open it up, <clears throat> I mean, I was discriminating enough <laughs> where I realized that this was not the actual official soundtrack release. But I still said, hey, let's give it a spin. Let's p- throw this thing well, what, what, what tipped you off? Well, the fact, opened it up. The fact that... Uh, it, while it did have the legitimate Star Wars logo on the front cover in pink, it also said... <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, hold on. Wait a minute. There is no, <laughs> there is no legitimate Star Wars pink logo. It unless it's on, a, Mar- unless it's on a Marvel comic. <laughs> they always oh, yeah, had the crazy right. colors. That's right. But the name of the album, produced by Wonderland Records, was Theme from Star Wars Plus, Star Trek Bionic Woman... Six million dollar man, Superman, two thousand one, a space odyssey, Rocket Man, <laughs> what, Elton, Elton John, John dude, 
Elton John's Rocket Man. Something yes. tells me that the real Elton's not on that record. No, it definitely was not the real Elton. And it <laughs> definitely was not the real John Williams conducting the London Symphony Orchestra. Was that a Muzak recording? No, it was. Uh, you know what? It was a little more funky disco, if you want. Oh, and okay. and not, not in the, like necessarily the Miko way. But here, let me just play some for you. I don't know if you're going to hear this, Jason. That's okay. All but, right, I'll uh, just pretend. But Chris will hear it if I can play it here off this particular website. Oh, I don't know if I can. You were recently reunited with this album, right? Well, as a matter of fact, my brother Bill, who's always been very thoughtful about giving me quality Star Wars Christmas gifts, like really well-thought-out gifts, um, he heard us talking about this. And gave it to me for Christmas again that year. Now, but, he, down. but here's the thing. So my dad puts it on the turntable in the family the, living room. The, the hi-fi, I believe. On Christmas. This is yeah, Christmas yeah, Day. Yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. It was a big piece of furniture. It was like the big right. console unit, yeah, right. you know, with right. the speakers yeah. built in. And yeah. it had a particular <laughs> smell to it. Um, oh, yeah. He puts it on, and we're about... I'd say I'd say we got a good twenty to thirty seconds into it before I looked up, looked my mom and dad right in the eye, innocent eight year old Jimmy Mack looking at his parents on Christmas morning. I said, "What the hell is this?" <laughs> Merry Christmas. <Yeah. laughs> in 1977, the the concept of an eight year old saying to his parent the word "hell" on Christmas morning was Easily the biggest crime any eight-year-old could commit. <laughs> I found that out because I spent the rest of that Christmas up in my room. You know, so. Sucking you know, on some Life Boy soap. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it's, like funny, it's funny you say hell because I, I put on my Star Wars Christmas tree today, and it took me like three hours because I have like literally all the ornaments. And I actually have a, a little tree in the basement with all the Clone Wars ornaments on it because they don't fit on the one in the loft. And I and I had the Tauntaun from last year, right, Han, on the Tauntaun? It's the only holiday ornament that says, I will see you in hell. <laughs> oh, it's, it, ooh, says the, at- it says that quote. And I'm like, nothing says Merry Christmas like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, look how far... No. Christmas has progressed. Hallmark. Hallmark. It's, it's a Hallmark moment now. I, well, see, I, I have a question. About, I've always had a question about that line because, you know, the I Love You I Know gets so much uh, publicity. It's a great story. I've heard Kirsch talk about it. I've always wanted to know more about that I'll see you in hell line because it does feel, it does feel like something that would, was improvised there on the set by Harrison Ford and it's very conspicuous because it's the only thing resembling a swear word in all of Star Wars. Hell. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It, you never hear the word again and you don't hear it you don't hear any other swear well, word. Yeah, you don't even hear damn and No, you Star do. Wars. You do because Han calls Ben a damn fool. That's ah, right. You're right. That's you're right. right. That's right. Damn fool. I knew you were going to say that. Mm-hmm. Um, you're right. Okay. So, all right. There, there are two cuss words. But um, so by the time reason, they got the Jedi, they 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 decided that any cuss word was was not cool. But the slave Leia. Well, you can't. Was good you can't cuss in front of an Ewok. It's just it's just sort of a it's just sort of a rule. Jawas, Ugnats, you can cuss in front of not an Ewok. Right. Well, you know, it took Star Trek a long time to even drop the S-bomb. And then they finally did 
in that next generation film where they crash the ship. I don't I'm I don't know if they did in any of the JJ Star Treks, but just at one point I think they uh did a close up of data and he just went, Oh shit. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah, I, I, right. okay. I remember that. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that. Well, you know, let's hope that Star Wars Episode Seven just is it's just a total swear fest. <laughs> I right? hope we not. Drop the f bomb, you know. You yeah, know. they got nothing on. Yeah, yeah. Data's got nothing on. Uh, By the on way, Star Wars. I, I think the Force Within Us is the only Star Wars documentary that drops the f bomb not once but twice. If really I'm not mistaken. Oh yeah, it's that very angry guy you've got. Uh, <laughs> oh, Mike. No, it was it was it was me. <laughs> and oddly enough, Jason, it was the Ewok handler after the credits roll. The Ewok handler says she quotes Harrison Ford about what he called the Ewoks. And Uh-oh. the F bomb yeah. was dropped. You just you know what what Harrison Harrison was uh using the F bomb to describe Ewoks? Yes. <laughs> oh. I have to go back and uh do you, I don't remember that line. I don't remember. This is a post-credit sequence. Yeah, in the Force Within Us, it is. Uh, it's right after the credits. Right after. Yeah, the I know, I, did you include that in my Dropbox version? Uh, yeah. I don't think I have the post-credits <laughs> version. It'll be on the Blu-ray version. All right. So, Jimmy, okay. I was surprised that you did not have uh, a, a, a lot of Star Wars ornaments. So I figured getting you one this year for Christmas would be perfect and. In the Force Within Us, you are not only the pup of Star Wars, as I've said before, but you are the New Hope kid. You know, you. <laughs> the New Hope kid. I mean, you, you are, you know, I was born in 77. I'm at I mean, 75. I was born in 75 on, on May 25th. And um, I, I was five years old when Empire came out. So I'm more of an Empire Strikes Back kid. And uh, there's nothing, you know, nothing better to relate to. Uh, you with a new hope. There you go. Sure, you the, the new hope kid. The new hope kid. I, I'll man. take up that moniker when I uh, continue my boxing career. The sad thing is Hallmark didn't make any more of those one sheets. They could have did one for Empire. They could have did one for Return of the oh, Jedi. Really? This is an older one. This is from 2004. Yeah, that's an older one. Very cool. And they stopped there. They sh- I think they should have went on. And in this corner... He says hell to his mom and dad on Christmas Day. <laughs> the new Hope Kid. <laughs> All right, here's, here is the actual music that made me react that way. I'm going to play you the first 30 seconds because I think that's as long as I lasted that year before I finally dropped H-E double hockey sticks to mom and dad on the most holy day of the year. <laughs> All right, well, look, that's not terrible, okay? But just just hold on. Wait. Keep listening. <laughs> All right, there it is. It's, is it, it sounds like a Moog, you know? <laughs> a Moog synthesizer. Well, I don't know what it is, but it put me in a bad Moog. And it sounds like a marching band on Valium, you know? <laughs> On helium. 
it's not that triumphant, uh, you know, it, it's definitely not the same. It does sound like it's kind of ashamed of itself a little bit. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, you know what, though? Uh, my brother gave it to me, uh, well, I think it was last year for Christmas. I, I framed it. I got an album frame and put it up on the wall in the, uh, the old Star Wars room. I'm going to take a wild guess and say this never made it to CD, right? I, I don't know. If it did, it was probably a, a bootleg. But, I mean, this is... A kid's album from so he gave you the he gave you the vinyl for Christmas yeah, last year. Yeah. Was it still wrapped or it was open? No, it was open. Okay, it was open. I had the vinyl for years and years. What happened to it? Well, I um, started using it on the radio with the Jonathan Brandmeier show. It was so bad, I started using it, especially that Star Trek theme. Because during that time, we'd occasionally have Star Trek actors on the show, like. Um, um, Spock. We had Leonard Nimoy up on the show. We had. Uh, um, what was he like? He was great. He was, was he? So, so laid back. Such Ooh. a yeah, a cool dude. You had cool William dude. Shatter too, yeah. Um, we we had Shat when uh, the show was out in L.A. We had Shat out there. Um, we had um, um, George Takei, and he was super cool. And uh, so I would play the. Sorry, here I'll I'll let you hear a little bit of the. The Star Trek version too. I called the uh, the tape because we used to transfer things from vinyl to tape. They were called carts, and they looked like eight track tapes. And we would pop them into the, the decks, and that's how we would get the sounds out on the air in the analog days. Okay, I'm talking. This was uh, early '90s, and so that's. Uh, I, I remember I called this particular version of the Star Trek theme Star Trek Jazz. Star Trek jazz. So I'm going to play you just a little clip of this. And this is like the stuff we would play is sort of like as a George Takei would like walk into the studio. We would play this music for him. There you have it, the theme to Star Trek from the Wonderland Space Shuttle Star Wars album from my childhood. That very album is currently in Jonathan Brandmeier's archives, I would assume, somewhere. So it was it was so bad, it made you use hell on the holiest day of the year, but you still incorporated it into your career. Into my professional <laughs> life, I, I guess so. <laughs> I guess it was so. so bad, it was good. All right, that's enough. I can't hear any more of it. So uh, I, thank- think, I think you're you're addicted. You want to hear the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking about bad music, do you guys listen to the Christmas and the Stars CD every year during this time? I do. Absolutely, yeah, 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 yeah. It's in my. It's I have. Um, I have a uh, kind of a Christmas music fetish. Um, I do too. To me, there is no bad Christmas music. Um, so I have probably close to two hundred different Christmas albums, and they're all on iTunes. And so I just sort of shuffle. I right after Thanksgiving, I just started in my one of my. Um, Computers is just always playing 
Christmas music nonstop on shuffle, and it shuffles through thousands of songs. And uh, so at, at any point, I can just grab my phone and have it play through certain speakers in the house or what have you. So it's like a little Christmas jukebox, and Christmas in the Stars is um, in, in the rotation. What is your favorite song off that album? The opener, that opening track, Christmas in the Stars, and the and the whole three PO and R two playing off of each other, and I did, I just love. I mean, that's the it's the best one. It's I think it's the most Christmassy. I mean, I guess you know, Wookie for Christmas is is, you know, it's it's a bit of a classic, but that title track I love. The Wookie for Christmas. So what can you get a Wookie for Christmas when he already owns a comb? That to me is is really the high point of the album. What well, didn't Bon Jovi write that? What was the Bon no, Jovi no, no, connection no. with that? Bon, bon, jo- it, right? bon Jovi's uncle was the producer of that album, and Bon Jovi uh, had the opportunity to because his uncle was working on the record, produced it. He, uh, you know, he started John Bon Jovi started singing many, many, many years ago before he even made it big. So he sang. Um, he's, I can't remember what song it was. I believe he sang two songs on the album. I'm looking it up now. I've always been fond of R2-D2, We Wish You a Merry Christmas. Yeah, that's a good one, too. I like that. And as a matter of fact, that is the song that John sang lead vocals on. Sweet. He sang on that song. It was his first professional recording. You have it there, Jim. We can hear. Uh, yeah, actually, uh, John's cousin, as uh, as you said, Chris, his name was Tony Bon Jovi. Oh, is it his cousin or his uncle? <clears throat> his cousin, according to uh, Wikipedia. Okay. His cousin Tony Bon Jovi co-produced the album and ran the recording studio at which it was recorded. That I think that's even a cooler name than John Bon Jovi, Tony Bon Jovi. Tony Bon Jovi. Oh yeah. So uh, okay, so let's hear a little of. Uh, John Bon Jovi. This is before he hooked up with Richie Sambora. Before they were stars. We look up at the winter star. We know that's where you are. Our chimney's big and round. So you can come right down. And if our wish comes true, we'll spend Christmas Eve with you. Our hearts will sing with glee as we decorate the This would have been at least five, six years. Christmas uh, and the Stars came out in 1980, yeah? Or was it 81? 1980. Okay, and then Bon Jovi probably... 83. 83? Yep. Okay, so this is only three years before. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, who knew that he would go from... Christmas in the Stars. Are you sure 83, Bon Jovi? I thought it was 86. Jovi cast going on. <laughs> and, and I, <laughs> Jovi cast. The reason I remember, at least I think I remember, is because I was a freshman in high school, and I considered Bon Jovi to be a group of posers. So. Yeah, I was more an Iron Maiden, Megadeth. Exactly. You know. <laughs> Judas Priest. Yeah. Sabbath. Sabbath, you know. So, um, Slayer. Now. Bon Jovi broke through. Wait a second. Maybe it was 84. 84. Okay. 84 is when they broke through. That was their first record. So he could probably thank his cousin for breaking through since his cousin was a record producer. And this is only 
three, four years before he broke it big. Eighty four. I think I think he could. She should, he should thank Star Wars. Quite honestly, absolutely, he should. And and see, that's the thing. We got to we got to get a hold of this guy, this Bon Jovi fellow, because I bet he never gets asked about asked about that album. John, he, have we ever heard him going on record talking about? No, not jo- Tony, but John. I don't even know if there's like big Bon Jovi fans that know that he did the Star Wars Christmas CD. Well, let's you light know? up the Facebook, let them all know where their boy got started. <laughs> let's start a whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> let's start a movement. But he he, he sang on more than R two D two. We wish you a Merry Christmas. I think he's he's. What's the real slow one? It's like at the end. It's like the almost like the finale. You know, the album ends mm. how it starts. You very know? dramatic, yeah. Very, very dramatic. And it just kind of drags out, and it's very, like very farewell type sounding. And I thought that was Bon Jovi as well. Is he uncredited on this record, or is he right there in the liner notes? No, it's, it, he's credited under a different name. Mm. Mm. Bon Giovanni, I believe it is. You know, because Bon Jovi is not his real name. so it's. Boy, his- for, I'll tell you what, for a guy who thinks he's a poser... You sure do know an awful lot about John Bon Jovi. You know, I'm a music, I'm a music junkie. You are. I know you, know you are. That's something. Maybe people don't know about that, that about you, Chris, is that um, you're like a savant when it comes to rock music and uh, All kind, the, you the know, recording and industry. And I'm, I'm like you, too. You know, as soon as Thanksgiving comes, it's like I have to listen to the Christmas, Christmas music all the time. All right. What's your favorite Christmas record? My favorite Christmas record is called Christmas by Yorma Kalkinen. Mm, from who, uh, Hot Tuna, from the a, uh, Jefferson Airplane. Yes, that is the most... Fa- I'm, I, think I don't that, have this. I don't have this. His Christmas album is amazing. It's, it's amazing. And he does green sleeves on there. And the guitar solo always gives me goosebumps and makes my eyes water at the same time. It's, it's crazy. That's wow. my favorite. You know, you know, I like the Rat Pack. I'm sure you... I'm sure you play that a lot oh sure yeah yeah big fan that that's one of my favorites as well so fantastic there we have some holiday music uh tips for star wars fans chris email me the that that record i want to look that up but the 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 one i would say it's the star it's the equivalent of star wars for christmas music it's the it's the album that always brings me back to being a kid again it's vince garaldi's charlie brown christmas that instantly brings me back to when I was a kid. I think that's one of my favorites. And I will uh, send you your McCalkinen's uh, yeah. CD title. Well, the Vince Guaraldi thing is just, it's so, um, I don't know how to describe it, but it just, so environmental or something. It just creates such a atmosphere. Yeah, uh, yeah absolutely. Incredible. Well, it's, you know, it's the jazz trio, you know, without the brass. Right, you know? right. Could so, we say that Vince Guaraldi is the oxygen of Charlie Brown? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely, man. He, he's, he's the John, he, what John Williams is to Star Wars, he is to Charlie Brown. I mean, you take away the music, you have, you have a whole different experience, you know? Boy, yeah. when you think of uh, parallels between Charlie Brown and Star Wars, <laughs> okay, we're talking about uh, what does... <laughs> what does that represent? <laughs> <laughs> the Force Ghost. Okay, that's the ghost. That's or maybe that's the midi chlorians talking. That's what they sound like when Qui Gon was telling, <laughs> it was telling Annie that someday you'll hear them too. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> That's actually a good impersonation of it. Uh, That's real good. <laughs> okay, so, so if we have to cast Star Wars with the Peanuts characters, um, we, obviously we've got uh, Charlie Brown as Luke. Uh, does Linus become Han Solo? Or is Pigpen Han Solo? Pigpen is Chewbacca. Chewbacca, yeah. <laughs> He's Chewbacca. There's no question about that. And well, Linus. Clearly, Franklin is Lando. I mean, that's a done deal <laughs> oh, right yeah, there. That's a no brainer. Who's Peppermint Patty? Well, Schroeder. Schro- well, Ma- Peppermint, Peppermint Patty would be like C3PO. <laughs> really? I no, think Peppermint no, Patty. Schroeder is, is C3PO. Yeah, please. yeah. Or no, Schroeder's R2. Because <laughs> no, he speaks no, no, with musical tones. <laughs> no, Schroeder is definitely the uh, confirmed bachelor uh, type. So I, I'm just thinking he's he's probably he's very sensitive and he's gold. He Snoopy would be on Solo. No Snoopy. Yes, he's kind of like a carefree. No. And Woodstock know. is Chewy. No Snoopy could be. Okay, <laughs> I see that. I see that. But I was thinking that Snoopy is uh, is R2 because he just he's he doesn't speak. He makes noises like yeah. you know. Like <laughs> he could be he could be a good R2 as well. But I, I think his attitude is well. I don't know because R2 has really got it. Han Solo attitude as well, you know. Yeah, I'm thinking Snoopy is more. I I do love the image of uh, uh, Snoopy as Han Solo and Woodstock as Chewbacca. That's pretty good. Hey, you know, um, and of course, I mean, right? Lucy is Leia, or would it be? Would it be Sally? It could be Sally because they're brother and sister. Hey, Charlie Brown's sister is Sally. I think Lucy's attitude is more of a Leia from A New Hope, though. You know, plus the hair color's right. And she'd look good with the buns. I think Peppermint Patty is Mon Mothma. I think she's uh, Palpatine. <laughs> I think she's Palpatine. She's always trying to get Chuck to do something he doesn't want to do, just like Palpatine and Luke. Join the dark side. <laughs> no. Kick the football. I guess it was Lucy always so, holding the football. Right, so, wait a minute. That's Lucy. So, so if Patty is Palpatine, does that make Marcy Vader? Yes. Yes, it does. Sir? <laughs> you know it would be really cool to see Charlie Brown Christmas done as the characters as Star Wars characters. So it's like the Star Wars holiday special. But it's Chris, the, uh, it's Snoopy. Yeah, it, it's the yeah, it's, it's the it's the Charlie Brown This conversation is getting very you know, very I, deep. I, I, this is getting weird. <laughs> I feel like I'm on a trip. But you know, I think I think that when we talk about the the, the holiday special I think that there is potential, and I used to say this every year uh, when the Clone Wars was on, that they could have done a holiday-themed episode and redeemed Star Wars when it comes to its place in, with with uh, the holidays. I still think, you know, with Disney acquisition, maybe we'll see uh, not the original holiday special, re- you know, released on DVD or Blu-ray or whatever, but maybe we'll see a a, a, a revamped or a new try at a holiday special what do you guys think i, I would love i, lo- I would love it. to see that you know and i don't know if you guys saw it, the the muppets lady gaga holiday special that thing it, sucked it was terrible i heard it was terrible i i i didn't even know that and I'll let me bring this back to star wars because this concerns me because disney owns the muppet uh property and outside of that last movie that they did, which was really, really good with uh, what's his name from that that show. Um, How, you know, I, How met I Met Your Mother. Your mother yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 that guy. Um, I think that Disney has really done a really poor job 
Jason, Jason Siegel, right? Jason, Jason Siegel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think they've done a really poor job marking the Muppets. I'm a Muppet fan, and I didn't know this thing was on. So I'm just it 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 gives me a little concern. I they're not all Marvel, right? You know, not all the Disney properties are handled with the with the care that they have with Marvel. The Muppets is a great example. I don't think they've ever really maximized that property to its full potential. And Chris, you're not the only one that's told me that it to- that that special just totally blew chunks. It's available on Netflix right now, uh, Netflix streaming, if you want to watch it. I've been meaning to to watch. So it wasn't even funny. No, you know, and I, I've seen a lot of the new Muppets. I've seen everything that the, the Muppets have done, and all their holiday specials that they've done over the last seven years have been good. Even you know, without Henson and without Frank Oz and. Yeah, they did the uh, wonderful life takeoff. Yeah, and, and that was and, uh, that was a beautiful that was a beautiful special, you know. And, I mean, it was funny and it was it was it was deep at the same time. And they did the postcards to Santa or letters to Santa, and that was that's that was, right. That was still See, they've never cool. been better than the uh, Muppet Family Christmas, where they go they go back no. and they visit Fozzie's uh, mom. I love that one. Yeah, that's that's a classic. That's and the that's Fraggles are there. I think Henson was still on the show then. I think. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he's he's at the end. He's like somebody's got to do the dishes. That's true. And he does the dishes with Sprocket. You know. That's yeah. That's right. That's but, right. But you know, it like I said, I think that um, as we as we look to the future and with uh, Disney at the helm of of Star Wars, you know, they they, they like I said, they're not all Marvel. Um, and uh, so the Muppets is a is, is is an example, but well, you know, what do you think about this, guys? I yeah. I, I fondly remember the old Muppet Show where Mark Hamill was on, and three PO, and R two, and Chewie, and Darth Gonzo, and Pigs in Space. I I just I love that episode so much. That was one example where you took the characters of Star Wars, put them in a completely absurd universe that had nothing to do with the films, and yet it worked. Perfectly. That one really did work. It was campy, it was corny, it was cheesy, but it was awesome. I think Maybe the reason why it worked is because the Muppets back then were doing something very, very special, and Frank Oz was part of... Oh, yeah, the the, the Frank Oz crossover yeah. was important. But keep in mind also that that Muppet episode came out prior to Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, right before, yeah. We were seeing Luke wearing his Bespin fatigues. <laughs> you ever notice how Billy D says Bespin? Yeah, yeah. Bespin. Um, he was wearing those fatigues prior to us even getting the action figure, much less seeing the film. And uh, everyone commented on it, too. Wasn't it? Uh, uh, yeah, I love that outfit. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's a great outfit. Who's your it's tailor? I love that outfit. It's Darth Nader. <gasps> this is Darth Nader? Yes, this is me, Justin Hickey. <laughs> well, what do you want of us, Nader? Well, why don't you say something? Speak. Who's your tailor? I love that outfit. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a great outfit. So, what do you uh, think of this, guys? Star, yeah. uh, the Muppets returning to Star Wars oh, and doing a complete, maybe even a feature length Muppet Star Wars. They've done feature length Muppet Wizard of Oz, which I actually thought was pretty well done. You know what? I, you're right. This is going to happen. Yeah, I, th- I think it is. I because- guarantee you this guy. They already have the action figures. You can buy those in the Disney parks. It's just a matter of time. Recently, time. Re- recently, uh, uh, not so recently, but we know coming up soon will be Disney's 
Star Wars Phineas and Ferb crossover. Yep. I don't know anything about Phineas and Ferb. My my kids do enjoy it. And, uh, uh, it's animation. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. It's the Green Duck, Phineas and Ferb, right? <laughs> the green duck. Yeah. Like I said, I don't know anything. Because <laughs> when I was at Disney last week, I'm like, who is that Green Duck looking character? You know. So you were in Disney last week. Was it your first time to ride on the the new version of Star Tours? My first time was in August. I went to Disneyland for the first time. Oh. And then I uh, was in Disney World last week, um, and I rode. It was weird because when I was in Disneyland, I went on it twice. The ride was so good. My wife was even like, "Yeah, let's let's go on it twice." And I was, it was amazing. But I was expecting a little bit more of the change because I heard there's all these different combinations with with the with the view, and it wasn't really different. Both times I went oh. on it, you know. Well, Disneyland, you know, it's, but, you're, you're, it's like putting money in a slot machine. But then know? when I went to Disney World, mm-hmm. two completely different experiences back to back on the same day. It was it was strange. It's, Disney World's got it on, got it going on. Disneyland, <laughs> you know, they're still a little old school, you know. <laughs> but the the ride was incredible, and and one of the coolest things was um, the uh, the Kashyyyk one. Yeah, and then you end up. Uh, was it? Was it? Oh, you go to when you go to Naboo, and I went like this every time because it's it's three D, right? All right, yeah. And and the uh, the Naboo uh, fighter, the fighter with the pit droid and the glass kind of. Sh- All right, Jason, let me let me explain this because <laughs> Chris is like a little still too excited from his <laughs> his big boy trip to Disneyland, um, Disney World. Um, at the very end of the Naboo sequence, I guess this is a spoiler alert. This is a spite. Should have said that before I started talking. So at the very end of the Star Tours, when you get the Naboo conclusion, you crash land in the waters of Naboo as you are heading toward a ship's hangar. And the door is open in the hangar, and you are skipping on the water like a rock heading toward this hangar. You go into the hangar, and there is one of those... Naboo starfighters, the the yellow ones with the long tails yeah, that you know right. it's prominently featured in episode one. I believe they're called. This is the, kind of a major spoiler for. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is uh, the N one fighter, and as you're skipping like a stone on this water, you approach the tail end of this fighter, and the the tail crashes through your windshield and makes everyone's head just shoot backward because it really looks like the tail of that ship is coming into the star tours vehicle. It's amazing. It it is amazing. It is. And that's how it ends. And everyone walks out of there just wiping sweat from their brow. And they're like, I want to go on it again. Let's go get back in line. (laughs) Let's do it again. (laughs) Well, I, uh, I'll try not to have my eyes closed during that part of it. So, Uh, yeah, of course. And then we were all together, us three for the, the last tour, at indoor, yeah, that was a good time. We we got that photo standing in line, and you could just it was so. I got it. The, the experience going to Orlando in December is so much more pleasant <laughs> than going in August. <laughs> we were three really sweet. We had our our good buddy Joel Kramer, uh, longtime listener, friend of the show, uh, with us too. We were we were four really sweaty dudes. 
<laughs> it was uh, well, we were in good company. Everyone was yeah. just stripping and sweating that place. But that's where we, we, we went to the last tour of Endor. Jason did actually get on the ride. I, I think it, eyes closed the whole time. Uh, Seventy five percent. Well, you can relive the magic memory of the original Star Tours. Well, it's just like me on an airplane. I'm fine once I get up there. But it's the taking off, and that's what I mean. Boy, the 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 way they do that to how they time the, the, the there's not a whole lot of motion, you know, physical, mo- but 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 the just the, what your eyes perceive and do to you is uh, crazy. So I crazy. take it you have not gone on the new Star Tours. I haven't been there since. I don't the, think you're going to uh, be able to handle tour. it then, man. <laughs> Yeah, I hear it's I mean, pretty wild, it's, man. It's, it's, it's amazing, you know? It really is. Yeah, it's great. It's like you're in there. Yeah. Well, it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it the old uh, Star Wars try. It's intense. But like I was saying, if you want to go back and actually watch video of the original Star Tours, it exists on YouTube, complete with the Paul Rubens, Pee Wee Herman narration and... And everything. So, so when when Jason goes to Star Tours, we need to do the Clockwork Orange thing with the eyes. <laughs> you know? Yeah, pry his eyes yeah, open. Pry his eyes open. What, okay. like uh, Tom and Jerry with the toothpicks? Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I really can't but stay. Baby, it's cold outside. I've gotta go away. Desert town. And that's not even counting the breeze. I better warm a tauntaun You know they don't start with a if key. If we need to, we can sleep and it's good. Well, that just sounds unsanitary. The rebels might think. Baby, it's bad out there. I'm an unstable lady. Everyone knows you care. If I don't go now. Say that I try. What's the sense in freezing and dying? I really can't stay. Baby, don't go out. But it's cold outside. Okay, I think we have a new record here for the investigator. I think this is the longest investigation that we've had here. The Rebel Force Radio Investigative Report, part three of the ongoing saga of the dancing stormtroopers, the tap dancing stormtroopers that were such a hit at some sort of an award show or variety show in the 1970s that they were brought on for an encore. There's talk of Dick Van Dyke. Who knows what's going on? But <laughs> Jimmy Mack is on the case. And uh, at last week, I threw out the suggestion, why not go right to the source, right to the horse's mouth, the golden droid himself? And Jim, he responded. Thank you, Jason. I am Jimmy Mack from the Rebel Force Radio Investigative Report team. This all started a few weeks ago with a voicemail from listener Tom, who seemed to remember seeing dancing stormtroopers on an award show in the 70s. 
the bit was so popular that the dancing stormtroopers bit was repeated at the end of the show due to audience demand. So that's in a scrambling. We contacted Pete Vilmer, who is a noted Star Wars history expert. We, we, we threw the question out to our listeners. And one of our listeners, Paul, did seem to have a memory of these dancing stormtroopers at this award show. So it's just been driving us crazy. We seem to think that it was the 1978 People's Choice Awards with Dick Van Dyke, but we can't confirm it. We haven't been able to find any video evidence of these dancing stormtroopers. So, Jason, yes, you did suggest we reach out to auxiliary Rebel Force Radio investigative reporter and Star Wars historian in his own right, C-3PO actor Anthony Daniels. I sent Anthony an email, and he responded. Anthony simply says, nope. Maybe they're thinking, because I said, is this, I, I, I asked Anthony, I said, is this from the People's Choice Awards? He says, nope. Maybe they're thinking of the Donnie and Marie Osmond show where indeed there were dancing stormtroopers. Everyone's been saying Donnie and Marie, and there were dancing stormtroopers and Donnie and Marie. More on that in just a few minutes. Anthony continues to say, I have never knowingly worked with Dick Van Dyke. You know, I, what an unfortunate name that is, first of all, for a human being. And, and secondly, what does he mean knowingly work with Dick? <laughs> how, how would one unknowingly work with Dick well, Van Dyke? Well, it's hard to see in that C-3PO oh. mask. You don't know who's on the other end. Well, and you know, don't discount this. Uh, we know from talking to our good buddy Paul Bateman that there's no love lost between the British and Dick Van Dyke. Um, Dick Van Dyke made a career out of doing awful British accents uh, in the 60s in uh, these Disney movies. And um, to this day, I think it still is like nails on a chalkboard to a real mm. Brit. Yeah, I, I don't know what you're talking about. Oi! <laughs> old old school listeners will remember that. But um, old school. So Anthony is is throwing it back at the die. So Jimmy, with everybody, I shouldn't say everybody, but with so many sources pointing to the Donnie and Marie show. Yeah. Uh, but but you're saying that that's that's not it. There there's no encore. They're not tap dancing. What what disqualifies this from actually being the Donnie and Marie show that's being remembered here? Well, it's it doesn't, but it just. It's not adding up because it's not an award show. The way that this bit was described is different than what happens on the Donnie Marie show where, yes, there are dancing stormtroopers, but I don't know, man. You couldn't find any anything online? No, I can't find anything. You know what somebody sent me was, and they put this up on Twitter too, was uh, they said, this could be it. And it was a clip from People's Choice Awards from 1978. But it was like a bunch of sailors in the white sailor suit, you know, <laughs> up there dancing, like anchors away and Bad stuff. Bad stormtrooper costumes, right? And it's like, <laughs> it's like, well, away. you know. <laughs> but, I mean, they were at least in white. <laughs> and so, you know, how we talk about fuzzy memories. Yeah, it's almost right? like the story, you know, there's 50 people that get the same story. It's going to change by the time the first person tells it and the last person. Yeah, absolutely. It. It's the telephone game. Um, but we do have two sources. We have Tom's original email, and then we have Paul uh, emailed with a, uh, a follow-up to substantiate the memory. Yeah. And he's the one that added the Dick Van Dyke and the People's Choice Awards as uh, being a potential uh, event where this happened. But 
Boy, oh boy, when you've got Pete Vilmer and you have Anthony Daniels himself, and we know certainly back in 1978, if anybody was in the golden suit, it was certainly Anthony. And he does have a great memory for these appearances that he's made over the years. Um, I, I, I'm starting to wonder if they didn't, if they're not confusing the Donnie and Marie special with the sailors at the 78 special. Yeah, you know what? This this investigative report is definitely slipping away from us. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> it it well, really is. <laughs> I, what if he's totally messing with us? What, what if this didn't exist at all? He's like, those losers have nothing better to do with their time. But, hey, listen, I'll tell you what. You know, if, if we want to provide some sort of confirmation to these these old memories we had that that's what's kept me coming back to star wars year and year again you know it's it's how many 30 what years how old are you jason how old are you chris 38 38 so it's 38 years see that's how i do my math i just ask people how old they are chris, 30, wait, wait, chris you were born in uh, 77 what month i was born may 25th 75 oh yes oh, 75 right. yeah oh why did i think so you star were, wars isn't that old you that's old. Uh, I'm <laughs> 36. I'm, I'm 36. There you go. So 36. I, I was born in August of 77, so uh, just three months after. He was a Star Wars baby. You know, I was a Star Wars baby. My mom went to see Star Wars, and then there you go. <laughs> it was like Woodstock. <laughs> yeah. <Right? laughs> Wait, did, did, I read, did I read that in the Stephen Sansweet book, the first one that he did, that Jawas were on stage with Neil Young? Jawas were on stage with Neil Young. Watch Russ Never Sleeps. The road crew is dressed as Jawas. So I when they go saw, out. I never saw that video. When they switch out instruments and pieces of uh, the stage, they, they they're Jawas. Jawa yeah. As a matter of fact, I think there was a cease and desist. Yeah, there on, was. Uh, I know Neil, that. Yeah, Neil Young and Crazy Horse had to stop using Jawas as roadies. <laughs> That's awesome, though. It's that whole California thing, you know? That was before George was cool. Like, uh, you know, you would think you're George Lucas. You got Neil Young out there paying homage. And uh, you send the seat. Now, I'm not saying that George personally did. But, you know, back in those days. Well, it, no, it, 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 was, right? it was certainly the era of the Internet, which got Lucasfilm to relax a little bit yeah, about. Chill out about protecting their, their copyright and property. And, you know, a show like Rebel Force Radio obviously wouldn't exist without the Internet. But um, if it did back in the day, you bet we would know a lot of those Lucasfilm lawyers by their first names. <laughs> <laughs> sure That's for would. sure. <laughs> so, uh, you know, right. and, and Neil Young had to pay the price. And, I mean, that's just how, how they did business back then. It was, uh, it was very cutthroat. It was very, um, you know, tight very tight. They they did not want anyone taking George's intellectual property and doing wacky things with it. But the funny thing is, is like back in the day, you know, there was the the, sto- the uh, Darth Vader that was making appearances at the bank and at the malls, and he had his own. <laughs> <laughs> but he could get away with it, and you know, all those all those crazy records that came out with uh, Star Wars, like the one you were talking about earlier, and all these Star Wars influenced album covers, and well, they they certainly allowed the licensing to run wild sure but and 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 the wonderland star wars record was definitely licensed it wasn't some sort of crazy underground recording what's what's the uh, what's the guy he's a keyboard player 
from the seventies synthesizer player, and he had it's his face on the cover. I'm sure you know this album. Okay, and it's like the music of Star Wars. And there's like these crazy skull skeleton looking like skulls, and it's got his face. It's like 1977 airbrush, like from the old carnival rides, you know. And um, I think his name is Gary uh, something Patrick. <laughs> but it, <laughs> it, it, some, if, if when you it's somebody's name, and he did the mu- like music inspired by no Star more Wars. No memories, please. Yeah, no, no more. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. I, I hosted a Star Wars music show for several years. Music inspired by the films of Star Wars, and uh, this isn't ringing any bells. I, you know what? I will not only email Jason. Yorma's Christmas album. Yeah, but I will email that record to you as well. Do it, Gary. Gary Fitzpatrick sings Star Wars or whatever it is. <laughs> and I, you know, speaking about fuzzy memories, this one is not fuzzy. I remember 1980, 1981. It was it was Christmas. Yeah, and I went over to my grandma's house, and um, she gave me. I was the only kid on the block that I knew of that had the. Star Destroyer. Ooh. With Wait. the with the little radio with okay. the chamber. The, the playset. Yeah, okay. with the little red light. And I thought that was so cool. I was so surprised at my cousin Glenn, who had everything else yeah. except that. And um, my, my grandma gave me a Princess Leia action figure. And I was like, did I open this by mistake? You know that gift you open by mistake because it's mislabeled? And, you know, you're like, hey, th- this isn't for me. This is for somebody else. And I said, Grandma, isn't this for, isn't this for Courtney? Uh-huh. No, no, it's Star Wars. It's for you. It's for you. <laughs> I ended up giving it to Courtney anyway. Because really? what the hell does a five-year-old boy want to do with a Princess Leia doll? You well, know? I had some ideas. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, and, and Glenn, your cousin, he's also featured in uh, The Force Among Us. Is he still actively involved in Star Wars fandom and collecting and all that? I know he's kind of run into some yeah. <laughs> financial issues over the years. Yeah, yeah. You know what? He he has. Uh, what was her name? What was her, her, her name was Target Clearance Sales. Oh, oh, oh really, really. You know, but, uh, you know, the force within us has, uh, we interviewed Glenn in there, and there's some really great vintage. Speaking about Christmas, yeah. I was so fortunate. God bless my grandma. She passed away two months ago. She was in the force no. among us. She's the Yoda lady. You know, yep. my favorite movie is Yoda. Yep. She was so gung-ho that all of our parents videotaped us during Christmas and birthdays. Yeah. So the force within us has so much cool vintage, you know, videos yeah. and photos too. I know you contributed several photos as well. Yeah. Know? Yeah. We, we were so fortunate. Nobody's got videos. No, Nobody's we got- had very few, very few. And uh, well, I mean, very few photos even. It wasn't like everyone was snapping pictures all the time. I, my, my, my grandparents were just so good about that. And you know what? That is true. Now people go, oh, yeah, I'm going to take a picture of this car on the road with my phone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it, it, back then, people did not take as, half well, as many you know, back in, you got to understand, back in Jimmy's day, you had to, like, put that curtain over you. Yeah. And you had to hold the thing up. <laughs> the, the flash. And, you know, and, you know, <laughs> yeah, we were all staring down into our old brownie box cameras. Yeah. <laughs> Then we got the Polaroids and then uh, the disc <laughs> camera. Remember the disc camera? Probably not. I do not I remember, remember the disc no. camera. No, no, no. The film was a disc. It was it was crazy. Jason, you have any old school Star Wars memories uh, for for Christmas? Like, what was your first? Yeah. Do you remember getting oh, anything yeah. uh, Christmas morning? That 
Well, Ewok Village was one. See, you're you're the Empire kid, and Jimmy's the New Hope kid. I'm the Return of the Jedi kid. So I, I was six years old when Jedi came out, and so that that Christmas that year was uh, was pretty fantastic. The the Ewok Village was was a big thing, but not unlike your situation, uh, Chris, with your cousin Glenn. We I also had I had. Uh, uh, my my mom has uh, three brothers and sisters, and so we had a lot of kids uh, getting together. In between all of us, we had pretty much everything. Um, so what what I didn't get, you know, my cousins uh, Cindy and Carrie would get, or my cousin Sherry might get, and uh, we would of course all get together, get the toys out. And uh, I, I've told this story before, but it's 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 one of my favorites. We we were so into it, and we would all converge in the in the the family room which was down in our basement uh, in my grandmother and grandma and grandpa's place. And we would, we were just playing star Wars and all of a sudden it was, this was Thanksgiving and we realized, boy, we haven't heard from anybody, you know, or we're getting hungry. What's going on? We go upstairs and everybody's already eaten. Like they're eating the dessert. <laughs> they completely forgot about us. All the, all the adults had Thanksgiving dinner without us. Uh, but you know, it didn't matter. We were downstairs playing Star Wars, so that's a that's that's a great memory. I love I, I love that, and um, so yeah, I mean, Star Wars is like like you guys. For me, it's uh, sort of synonymous with the holidays in a lot of ways because that was you you that was you you waited all year round for that for Christmas. You know, it's like in a Christmas story, the whole kid year revolved around Christmas, and so you'd put things on your wish list, and you know. That Sears catalog might come. That was another big thrill. Yeah, the Sears catalog. There was always something. We didn't know that it was an exclusive. We didn't use that term back then. But there was always one thing that you saw in that Sears catalog that you weren't seeing anywhere else. And you'd always circle. You know, I'd always circle what I wanted in the catalog. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I remember looking at that Sears catalog once with my grandmother. And this was in northern Mississippi. And we had gone to the Sears and... uh, or maybe it was J.C. Penny, but it was the year that they were offering the exclusive Sonic Control Land Speeder, which was this remote control land speeder that you had this funky little R2-D2 shaped controller that you would click and it would supposedly make the speeder turn direction. Our, ours didn't work really that well at all, and it, it actually broke. I, I still have it in my attic. It's in pieces. And it's totally sought after and collectible because it was a J.C. Penny exclusive. That summer prior to Christmas, it wasn't Christmas actually. It was the summer prior to Christmas. I had gone out to visit my grandmother, and she said, "Let's go to J.C. Penny, pick something out of the catalog, and that will be your Christmas gift." So it was a long six months waiting <laughs> for that Sonic Control Land Speeder to finally show up. And, uh, I, you know, the, you just re- reminded me that we would do that, too, with that JCPenney catalog. And you that, that catalog would come out in, like, August. Uh, and you'd pick something out. And back then, it would take, like, four months for that thing to show up into the JCPenney store. And they would call you, and then you'd go pick it up. So I know exactly what you're talking about, uh, you know. These young kids today with their Amazon yeah. and their two-day shipping, uh, they don't know what it's like. Click Pretty and soon, ship, you know, you know th- these th- I- I'm looking for the day. These 3D printers, if you're following this, these 3D printers are um, getting more and more common. 
And you're not even going to have to wait for your action figures to show up. You're just going to print one out. Yes. You're going to print one of those puppies out. You're going to have it right there. Well, I'll tell you what, Jason, though. There is one place that I like to go to that makes it no hassles when I want Star Wars action figures. I know what you're talking about. Yes, it's a place where this fanboy does all his Christmas shopping. That's right. It's DorksideToys.com. DorksideToys.com is the place to go to pick up Star Wars, DC, Marvel, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Walking Dead, G.I. Joe, Batman, and so much more. And all you have to do is visit ShotGlassDigital.com, click on the Dorkside Toys banner to order. They have Black Series action figures for $3.99. That is an old school That's price. That's a steal, man. That's a steal. Not all of them, but some of them can be found for the low price of $3.99. Plus, they have new Marvel Legends like Captain America and Spider-Man and free shipping on orders over $99. So Dorkside Toys is the place to be. Just visit shotglassdigital.com, click on the Dorkside Toys banner to order, and you will get all your fanboy holiday shopping done in one stop with no hassles. And unlike J.C. Penney's back in the day, yeah. you won't have to wait four months for this thing to come to your house. No, you won't. No, <laughs> you, know you know what won't. I got from you know what I got from Dorkside. What's that? So I, I of course I got the the last two waves of the of the Black Series, uh, and they do such a great job of packing stuff up. Uh, but I also got the Julie Newmar '60s era Batman figure, nice Catwoman, yes, uh, Catwoman figure, uh, which is uh, yeah very nice. Those those uh, Mattel is putting those out. Those Adam West '60s Batman figures are fantastic. Love them. Yeah, Love they them. are awesome. They are. Uh, do you have the full set yet? I, I've got everything they've put out so far. Everything they've put out, except there's the Batusi Batman that was an exclusive, uh, where he actually comes in a uh, almost it looks like a little television set. It's that, that that's the box. It looks like a television set, and you push the button on the back, and he does the Batusi. Uh, dance, if you recall. He actually does the dance? He does the Batusi, yes. They have an action figure that dances. They have a, yes. What in the world? What will they think of that? (laughs) But, I mean, you just, you you go to Dorkside Toys and you just can't help but become a kid again. There's so much great stuff. Yep, it's all at DorksideToys.com. Please use the banner at ShotGlassDigital.com and visit our friends at Dorkside to do all your holiday shopping. And uh, someone else who dances... You don't, you don't even have to ask him. He'll just do it. Jedi Elvis. Jedi Elvis has the Christmas spirit, and he wants Jabba to bring Leia back to him. I don't need a lot of credits to help my rebel fight. I just need my princess and a saber made of light. Oh, Jabba, hear my plea. Jabba, bring my Leia back to me. Well, the Sarlacc pit is ready. Your thousand-year-old pet. Too bad he's blind, cause he would find he's eating Boba Fett. Yo, Jabba, hear my plea. Jabba, bring my Leia back to me. He's a Mikko's Jawas hurry The Rancor's drawing near And he walks soft and furry But I need my lay 
here. But don't fill my ship with candy. No bright and shiny droid. I know this planet's sandy. And the princess looks annoyed. So, Jabba, hear my plea. Jabba, bring my Leia back to me. Please be my big green genie. Come on now, don't be cruel. She's wearing a bikini to make those fanboys do. I don't fill my ship with candy. No bright and shiny droid. Come on, just make me happy or you will be destroyed. No drama, hear my plea. Drama, bring my Leia back to me. You can promise for this, I'll be destroyed, baby. Yo, Jabba, hear my plea. Jabba, bring my Leia back to me. Thank you. Thank you very much. Rebel Force Radio. You've already made that Star Wars reference. All right, Star Wars in pop culture. And we're going to take a look. And this is long overdue, if you ask me. For as many years as we've been podcasting about Star Wars, we've never really shown the Star Wars and pop culture spotlight on the Donnie and Marie Star Wars tribute, which happened on their September 23rd show in 1977, wrapping up the summer of Star Wars, essentially. The the film was still out in the theater. Star Wars mania was running rampant at that time, and we were so excited because... This was the very first time George Lucas had allowed characters from Star Wars to appear on television. And it was this Donnie and Marie show. Donnie and Marie show was a weekly variety show. It aired on Friday nights on ABC. And it opened its third season with a tribute to Star Wars. As a matter of fact, I have the promo here for that very episode, voiced by the late, great Ernie Anderson for ABC. Friday is the premiere of Donnie and Marie. Get set for an all-new Marie. As they take off on a new season with Chris Christopherson, Paul Lynn, and Red Fox in a far-out salute to Star Wars. I knew we should have taken a cab. On Donnie and Marie's premiere. There you have it, and the crowd goes wild. So Donnie Marie was a staple in my house. I used to watch it every Friday night with my brother and uh, our our friend Elena. She would she was our neighbor. She'd come over, and we'd watch Donnie Marie. And when the show would end, we'd go out in the backyard, and we would be Donnie and Marie. We would... <laughs> That's sad, sound. <laughs> but I mean, it was just you know, it was just one of those shows. It's a it far was, cry from Led Zeppelin, man. It's a far <laughs> cry from just about anything. But um, so, did I hear that right? Chris Christopherson and Red Fox were yes. part of the Star Wars tribute. They absolutely were. That's got to be pretty pretty interesting for sure. <laughs> you know, I love Chris Christopherson, man. And you have Red Fox riding high on the uh, on the fame of Sanford and Son at this point. Yeah, that's the, uh, right. That's you know, right. Classic uh, sitcom. And um, as a matter of fact, we have a clip here from the very beginning of this, this, this skit they did. The skit lasted about 10 minutes, and it actually featured stars from Star Wars like R2 and 3PO. And Donnie and Marie were Luke and Leia, maybe a precursor to the brother-sister combination of Luke and Leia that we would later see in Return of the Jedi. You think George Lucas actually got the idea to make Luke and Leia brother and sister from the Donnie and Marie show? Nah, probably I don't not. Think so. no, no. 
Of course you know, not. I, re- I remember seeing a photo of Donnie and Marie dressed for, for a screen grab from that. Yeah. Probably in the Insider back in the day. Well, I'm sure you did. I'm sure you did. It, it sounds familiar that they were both dressed as, as Luke and Leia. Well, here's a little clip of uh, Luke and Leia, as played by Donnie Marie Osmond, encountering the droids R2 and 3PO and receiving a message from their version of Obi-Wan Kenobi, played by Red Fox. Oh! Oh, you made it! Certainly not. That would never work. Oh, I wish Obi-Wan Oki for Noki were here. Yeah, he'd tell us what to do. I'll tell you what to do. Why don't you look over there? It's your chance for escape. Oh, look over there! It's our chance for escape. I knew I heard it somewhere. Hey, taxi! Pardon me, sir. He says that's not a taxi, it's a spaceship. But that's exactly what we need. There you go. That's what they need. That is vintage right there, man. <laughs> that is vintage. <laughs> so that's Red Fox's uh, Okie Finoki or whatever the hell they call him. And um, they, they spot this pilot standing by a rocket ship. That looks like it's something out of NASA from 1972. And, uh, you know, this big cardboard spaceship on the side of the stage. And it's Chris Christopherson, famed singer-songwriter Chris Christopherson, who is uh, standing there in, the, in sort of the role of Han Solo. And uh, they approach him, and it doesn't take long for this whole thing to break down into some intergalactic song and dance routine. Can you help us escape? If I can, I know someone who can. Christopherson doing a disco version of Sly and the Family Stones, I Want to Take You Higher. And we cannot play that song without commenting on the background vocalist doing the Chewbacca Baka Chewbacca. I can't even do it. Chewbacca Baka Baka Chewbacca Baka Baka Chew. Oh my goodness. That's crazy. It actually sounded pretty cool, actually. You know? <laughs> I mean, I'm a huge Sly and the Family Stone fan. I love Chris Christopherson. It was a little bit too disco-ish for me, but that, that's what was happening in the, yeah, in the was, 70s. It you was know? the era, you know, and, and that, that will be the only song I will subject you to. I, I don't that want was you a far to... cry from me and Bobby McGee, you know? <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> and, of course, uh, they, they continue to do many song and dance routines throughout this 10-minute segment, uh, things like... Um, up, up, and away in my beautiful balloon. Um, <laughs> I think they do uh, 
I'm just going off the top of my head here. I, I'm trying not to remember some of the things <laughs> I, I heard. I get ready because here I come. So uh, it's it's very interesting to go back and revisit this video because it is the first appearance of Star Wars characters on TV. You're hearing Anthony Daniels in the role of C-3PO. I believe that's Peter Mayhew reprising his role as Chewbacca. And uh, R2 is R2. Definitely not Kenny Baker. So how long is the entire special? It's about 10 minutes. This is the second the, the whole thing. Yeah, this wrapped up the show. You can okay. find complete versions of the entire episode on YouTube and just the Star Wars segment alone. Okay. Now, I picked this up on a bootleg VHS back in the late 90s, I'm sure. I still have the VHS in my collection. It was on a collection of all sort of different, like the the Muppets with Mark Hamill was on there, and uh, maybe some Kenner commercials, and you know those are the things you picked That's up. So, and getting the bootleg, uh, the, you know, I got the bootleg of the holiday special back in ninety three, ninety four. Yeah, that was about the you time know? I got it. And then too. I got a lot of those, you know, the the Kenner tapes, all yep, all the Kenner yep, commercials yeah. on VHS. It's all on YouTube now. All the bootlegs. And, and now the funny thing is, is that on YouTube, it's better quality than the bootleg versions yeah, that we got. Yeah, yeah. some, some good day. quality versions uh, popped up over the years. And so um, I do want to shine the spotlight on Red Fox just for a minute here, who plays uh, Oki Finoki or whatever they call him in this. And uh, I just want to play one more clip of, of the late, great Red Fox, who I loved so much from Sanford and Son. As a matter of fact, they make... Reference to Sanford and Son, actually, in this bit. You know, things are changing out here in space. I come from a distant planet called Sanford. <laughs> My planet has its own moon, its own stars, and its own galaxy. But this year, Sanford has no sun. <laughs> oh, boy. That's a groaner. But, you know, it's vintage. So, it's vintage. Okay, you know what? Just about anything could be excused with that, that comment. It's vintage. Don't worry about it. It's vintage. So the whole thing wraps up with uh, Paul Lynn making an appearance as uh, Grand Moff Tarkin. Not necessarily by name, but sort of in that role. And uh, with Darth Vader. And dancing stormtroopers, as so many people have commented, thinking that that's what we're thinking of. In seven award show, we're thinking of the dancing stormtroopers from Donnie and Marie. And uh, me and Pete Vilmer, both, that was the first thing that popped to our mind, too. So maybe the, the cold case file can be finally closed, and we can say, you know what? The memory probably is from the Donnie and Marie show. But uh, here's one last clip. It's uh, Paul Lynn as uh, the... Imperial governor and uh, a very poorly voiced Darth Vader. Thought you'd get away. Don't you know you'll never escape from the farce? That's the force. I don't bother you, Grammar, at a time like this. <laughs> get your big ape hands off me. You'll never capture me, and I vow by the power of my force, I shall return. The Force can't touch me. I come from a distant planet, ten million light years away. Uh, Shorter if the lights are with you. (laughs) So Red Fox obviously is the standout performer here in this entire bit. But uh, that Darth Vader voice, there's something familiar about that voice to me. Is there there anything familiar about that voice to you? It almost kind of reminds me of... uh, how Boris Karloff sounded in The Grinch Who Stole Christmas. Yeah, you know, yeah, kind yeah. Of got that edge to it. It certainly is not Boris Karloff, but, 
but still, it, that's what that Darth Vader voice reminded me of. And uh, so um, that's Donnie and Marie. Um, there's not really much of a plot to kind of explain to you. What, it's a tribute. It, it, it is a tribute, as they say in the ABC promo. But uh, I was doing some research on this, and I don't think there was a single message board that I looked at that someone did not say, well, at least it's better than the holiday special. <laughs> so that'll do it for Star Wars and pop culture. If you have a request for anything you'd like to hear us talk about here on Rebel Force Radio for Star Wars and pop culture, send us an email, show at Rebel Force Radio. Your source for the Force. Star Wars parody! <laughs> You must contact me. Play back the entire message. What message? Message, Doctor. The message. The Emperor commands you to make contact with him. It's a trick. Send no reply. All right, Jason, we have one piece of listener feedback I want to get to before this show is over. Earlier in the show, we were talking about the Star Wars Christmas album, Christmas in the Stars. Mm-hmm. And uh, you mentioned the song, uh, What Can You Get a Wookiee for Christmas, as how that kind of is a song that really sort of stands out from the album. Might not necessarily be your favorite, but it does stand out. It does indeed. In fact, the first time that I was ever aware of that song, a friend of mine, this is back in the, oh, this was probably after it was released to CD, and a friend of mine was singing this song, what can you get a Wookiee for Christmas when he already owns a comb? All right, so he's singing this tune, and I'm thinking he's making this up. I'd never heard this before. I'm like, what are you singing? And he's like, this is from the Star Wars Christmas album. And I had never heard of the Star Wars Christmas album until it was released on CD for the first time in the late 80s or the early 90s. And so I did not know that this thing existed. So um, that was my first exposure to that record was hearing my buddy sing this tune. Um, and ever since then, it's been uh, one of my favorites. <laughs> so we heard back from loyal Rebel Force Radio listener Dylan Smith, who has actually recorded his own version of the classic, What Can He Get a Wookiee for Christmas When He Already Owns a Comb? He said he would really appreciate it if we would play it on Rebel Force Radio. And I think now is the perfect time for the world premiere of What Can You Get a Wookiee for Christmas by Dylan Smith. What can you get a Wookiee for Christmas he already owns a cone? What can you get in a hurry for a furry kind of friend like that to take home? Doesn't use shaving foam So what can you get A Wookiee for Christmas When he already owns a comb Give him 
All right, big thanks to our sponsor for this week, DorksideToys.com. Don't forget about that banner over at Shot Glass Digital. Go there, click through, and do your Christmas shopping, whether it's Star Wars or, or Teenage Mutant Turtles, no matter what it is. Those guys will take you take care of you. Uh, also, thanks to Chris Mock. Chris, thanks for being in the uh, in the studio with us this week. Hey, thanks for having me, man. I, I love doing the show with you guys. I, I wish I could do it more often. You know, it's, it's always a good time. Always a good I time. wish you Thanks could again, too. Man. I wish you could too. Uh, always great to hear from you. So, uh, if you'd like to play with us in between shows, a great way to do that is through our email address. You can send us an email at show at rebelforceradio.com. You can also drop us a voicemail 708 320 1737 or 708 320 1 RFR. Perfect. Our Facebook page is available. You can uh, check it out at facebook.com slash Rebel Force Radio. It's a great place to converse with other Star Wars fans and uh, uh, see links to the stories that we talk about a lot of times here on the program. So check that out at facebook.com slash Rebel Force Radio. If you're new to the podcast, you might want to consider a subscription via iTunes. iTunes is a, one of the best ways to make sure that you get all of the episodes uh, delivered right to you through your iTunes account. And you can leave us a review. We do appreciate those. Only one rule. Make it good. Ooh, listen how I said it this week. Chris, you know, I think the more I spend time with you in the same room together, the more I end up sounding Sorry, like you. Yeah, like because you. my voice is completely shot now at this point of the show. So I'm starting to get a, a little bit of a gravelly Chris Box sound. <laughs> <laughs> It'll happen. It'll happen. <laughs> it works for you. Which is cool. And Jason, thank you so much for uh, putting up with all the technical difficulties you did this week. Well, well, to, I'm sorry uh, about the technical difficulties. No, no, that's you know what? It's just these things will happen from time to time. And uh, I just appreciate you uh, still bringing your A game to the table, even though it was just over an iPhone. And, <laughs> and, and, and I think Jason is getting a little comfortable with his iPhone and might want to do every show on the iPhone from this point forward. I want to do that. You know, I did a little ironing while we were doing the show. So. <laughs> French cuffs? French cuffs. Nice. Hey, speaking of shirts, don't forget to get your Rebel Force Radio t-shirt at shotglassdigital.com. Check back. We got new sizes being stocked all the time. Just in now, we got ladies cut t-shirts. Go to shotglassdigital.com and purchase one for the lady in your life. Or if you're a lady, go and purchase one for yourself. And if you're a guy, go purchase one for yourself. And say it loud, say it proud. You listen to Rebel Force Radio. Hey, Jim, speaking of Rebel Force Radio and Shotglass Digital, we've got a new show to tell folks about. Tell us about Star Wars Oxygen. Star Wars Oxygen, which is all about the music of John Williams, hosted by a good friend of ours here at Rebel Force Radio, host of the digital stage at Star Wars Celebrations in the past, David Collins, former LucasArts, uh, currently with uh, Sony Interactive, and David is uh, a musician in his own right, and a damn good one, and a huge aficionado of the music of John Williams, specifically pertaining to Star Wars. And so each and every episode, Star Wars Oxygen will be coming your way on the Rebel Force Radio feed, and it'll feature us talking about the great soundtrack music from the Star Wars saga. So be sure to join us. We'll be talking about the things that influenced John Williams along the way, and we'll be listening to the music with 
a very certain perspective that only David Collins can bring. And David is uh, putting a lot of work into the show, and it really sounds great. Our first episode is out there now, Star Wars Oxygen with David Collins, the music of John Williams. Do not miss it. All right, that's going to do it for us this week. We'll see you next time. Love you all so much. For Rebel Force Radio, I'm Jason. I'm Jimmy Mack. I'm Chris Mock. And remember, the Force will be with you always. Back, 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 back